Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Welcome to the Syrupcast, Mobile Syrup's Canadian tech-focused podcast, I'm Patrick O'Rourke, and across the table from me is Brad Bennett, a man who refers to himself as the bad boy of tech, but who I call Mobile Serp's teen correspondent. Today, we're joined by the always cheerful Dean Daly. Dean, how are you today? I'm doing well. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm always cheerful. I listen to a lot of emo music. It's but, true. Uh, thank so, you for calling. So uh, he, he added that into the script. Oh, okay. I thought it was oh, funny. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Okay. I, th- I think it was supposed to be a joke. Because you're not always cheerful? I'm just like, I'm an emo, emo kid, like, on the inside. Fair, fair. Yeah. On the outside. And, uh, Brad, how are you today? I'm good. Um, I'm all right. I'd like to think that more than just me refer to me as the bad boy of tech, I'd like to think there's a strong correspondent or contingent Con- of contingent. people out there just I, I've, looking, being like, that is I one bad boy. I've literally so. never heard anyone call you that other than mm-hmm. yourself. Everyone mm-hmm. calls you a child. Yeah, well, boy, so that's <laughs> The there. boy wonder. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's not bad. A young man would mm-hmm. be the uh, the correct term. The young man of tech. So we'll work on it. We're going to be trying a few different things this year with the podcast. You'll hear a couple of segments in this particular episode. We have a few other ideas that we're going to do in the future, too. Um, it's 2020. We want to do things different. We want to shake stuff up. So what you're about to hear is something that we're going to have reoccurring every week, and it's a recap of sometimes one, sometimes two, maybe even more than that, uh, news stories from the week. We've been like roughly around, we haven't come up with a, a straight up name for it yet, but roughly we've been calling it kind of the hottest news of the week. So we, yeah. we've been choosing what we think is just like, you know, just fiery hot. And we're going to talk about that. So the hottest news of this week is leaks, um, leaks about the Galaxy S20 and the whole series. The Galaxy S20 will be called S20, not S- S11, according why, to these leaks. No one knows why. Because to uh, me, that seems really, like, I cover all the Samsung news at the site. Like, that seems extremely, extremely strange to me. I have theories. So one theory, it's 2020, S20, let's put it out same year, bam. Like maybe okay. that's what Samsung's thinking. Another theory is just that they're trying to differ from Apple. Apple calls it the iPhone 11, and Samsung's like, no, what? We'll just skip it. Let's call it S20. S20 is more powerful than 11. Yeah, exactly. Huawei did the same thing a few years ago. They have the P20 and the P and the Mate 20. But yeah, that's what it seems like. So it's kind of like when Microsoft called the Xbox 360 the 360 instead of the, the Xbox Two. Yeah. Right. Because the PlayStation Three. So then, okay, I get it. I get yeah. it. I see it. Hopefully, I think, I think that's maybe, accurate. Yeah. Before we jump away from this, do you think that next year we'll have the S thirty or the S twenty one? I think it'll be the S thirty. They'll go by tens. I think they're going to just pull a wall away. All right. Yeah. Be sick if it was like the S twenty point five. Yeah. I would hate that. 
Um, Imagine writing that out in a story. <laughs> It'd be so bad. The name, as we're going to get into it, the names are already pretty terrible. Yeah. Yeah. They are. Okay. So, so go, go, go get into it. Go for it. So the whole series, it will be the S20, S20 Plus, and S20 Ultra. Samsung will be ditching the S10, like 20E, like the S, like last year's S10E. John, uh, John Lamont of Mobile Serp's favorite phone. Yeah. He loves that phone and it's done. Um, and but, but ideally the S20 will fill that gap the same way that Apple was the 10 uh, the 10R and yeah. they just put the 10R became the 11 they were like this is just our base it's like the in a way like this naming scheme is kind of like what Apple's still kind of like what Apple's doing right now I'm actually not even sure uh, it's it seems like the S20 will be bigger than this like a, like the S10 was like S10e was like it was like 5.8 inches mm. oh, interesting like over six inches and this year you know how they just came out with the S 10 light and the s and the note oh the note light. the notes yeah they might be doing that instead now like okay we'll see s20 light later oh, okay yeah yeah that's fair i guess the theory um we've now seen pictures of the s20 plus the and videos uh, uh it's the mid-tier one uh the, it was leaked a lot i kind of feel bad for samsung but uh get wrecked i don't feel bad this s20 plus looks pretty cool it has a 6.5 inch screen or 6.7 i don't remember exactly it also is supposed to have 8k video recording at 30 fps like 33 inches per second for all those 8k screens and tvs we have out there yeah yeah samsung makes them though right so yeah can, people make them i yeah. mean at ces it's it was a big thing everyone was like look at our 8k screens but it's like nobody's buying no one them. Owns them right yeah. like, like, there's the, no content for them it's the same issue we have with 4k and we almost pretty much still do have for 4k like unless you're watching netflix originals amazon prime originals or specific like sports channels i think you're not really getting a lot of 4k content still yeah the the resolution the one thing it does give you is like the ability to crop so if you're shooting in 8k and you want to like focus in on on a specific portion of the video you can crop down to like 1080p that's what like a lot of YouTubers do, and but why do, they shoot in higher resolutions. But do a lot of YouTubers shoot on their phones, right? Like I don't know. Yeah. It's gonna. I mean, it's gonna depend on Depends. how good this is. But yeah, we'll I've see. been at events before where like there's some international media with these like crazy rigs powered by like an iPhone or an S10 or whatever. The the CTV person that I was like the Canadian media kind of is a contingent at, at these trade shows, and they were using an iPhone. It happens. Yeah, I guess so. All right. To keep going, uh, they also, like, there's some leaks about the S20 Ultra. It's supposed to have 16 gigabytes of RAM, which is, I think, unnecessary in a phone. But I think it's more than my computer. Can it run <laughs> Crisis? It can run whatever you want it to run. Okay, cool. Yeah. Just want to make sure. Uh, the S20 Ultra will also have a 108 megapixel camera, another 48 megapixel camera, which is like a periscope camera, so it can do 10 times zoom. And Rumor has it also has a hundred times optical zoom. Optical, not digital. Sorry, digital. Yeah, no, hundred times hybrid zoom. So a uh, mix okay. of optical and digital. Yeah, okay, so okay. ten like, times optical, hundred times hybrid. So, so that's that similar, mostly going to be digital then. One, it has to be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's similar to what Huawei did, right? Huawei does. Uh, their 50? P30 had five times optical, ten times hybrid, and fifty, 50 times digital. Digital. Yeah. yeah, which it turned like it wasn't terrible i mean if you could keep the camera steady you're not getting a super crisp shot but like you're reading text on street signs way out of your vision range yeah i i did i did a when i did the review of it i i was like taking a a picture of a street sign that was several hundred feet away from me like i was on the top of the building and i was looking down and it was just like oh i can fully i remember that yeah it was actually pretty impressive yeah Mm -hmm. it's crazy impressive um 
Huawei is supposed to do some optical camera stuff this year too. So maybe like trying to compete against each other. But yeah. So are we excited about these phones? Like, is there a marquee feature like in this list that Dean just ran down that like any of us truly care about? I mean, 108 megapixels is pretty cool, but like, am I excited about it? I don't know. I see all these cameras doing more, adding more and more megapixels to their pictures, but iPhones use like what, 11 or 12 and um, so does maybe. Well, megapixels, like, they really only change how big the exactly. image is, right? And yeah. Which matters for, like, the size of the screen as well as printing them out. And you can um, gather more detail. Printing them out, yeah, that's a big, big one. Like, megapixels was a big thing, I don't know, in the, the mid-2000s. Like, people thought that that, or not people, but at least consumers, that's what phone companies were trying to put forward was, like, the higher the megapixels, the better the camera. And we yeah. kind of know now that, like, that's not really always the case there's all kinds of other things at play it's like the glass the sensor the size of the sensor all kinds of other all stuff. of the software that you use software exactly. too yeah. has become much more important than it used to be google only has like 12 megapixel cameras on their pixel like their primary shooter so mm-hmm. like who knows um it's also supposed to that the s20 is also supposed to have 120 hertz display that would be cool. Uh, I'd be excited about that. I'm still not sold on fast dis- or fast refreshing displays. So I got to say right off the bat, um, Brad's an idiot. Um, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so you've used a phone with a 120, right? Yeah, I've been using the uh, ROG Phone 2, and I feel like it's difficult to go back to a phone that's using less than 90 hertz display right now. Like I, uh, The pixel changes depending on the battery level, and I had to get rid of that feature. I had to force it to just do 90 hertz because I couldn't use it at 60 because I'm so used to 120 now. No, so. I just think that's crazy. I don't think it's something that consumers need. And I think that its draw on battery life is not worth the like minimal immersion factor that you get when you're scrolling through Twitter, which you don't really need to be more immersed in. No, but you also notice it in slight animations in games as well. I've noticed like I you can it just looks smoother. It looks like it's I don't it looks nicer. Is it something that's going to be you think on by default with the phone? Because like no. It's like a in the background setting that you'd have to turn on. Yeah, I believe so. You think so? Part yeah. of the gaming mode. Because um, with S twenty, you won't be able to. Like you'll be able. To, sorry, you'll be able to turn it on. Yeah. No, I know you'd be able to turn it on, but like you know how Samsung devices like don't come with the screen set to the highest resolution. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, would they leave that mode off by default? And it's something that like people who care about it can turn on if they are so interested to do so. Probably. Um. Just because it's it will use more battery. Um, than a normal, like just in 60. And apparently Samsung's phone won't have the option to do 90 hertz. We'll just go from S, like 60, 60, to, 160 to, 160 to 120. And yeah. there's something with the resolution too, right? Where you can't have 120 with the highest resolution. Yeah, I remember you, seeing that. You can't have 120 with WQHD+. Like, plus, yeah, the highest one. But you can only use it with Full HD+. Plus. Like I... I agree with what Brad's saying. It is a pretty like minute difference, but after using the iPad Pro, um, which has 120 hertz ProMotion, like Apple's yeah. version of 120 hertz, it's pretty difficult to go back. Even though not every iPad app supports it, um, even things as simple as like just navigating the operating system look much cleaner. It's one of those things where like when you try it. It's, you can't go back because it's something you notice all, all the time. But would the average consumer who's buying a Samsung phone care about that? I don't know. I think the average consumer just wants better battery life and a better camera probably, So which Samsung's doing. So. I think some consumers, it's not that they don't want it, I don't think. It's just they've never experienced it. 
Mm-hmm. So why would they care? The phones have been working quick enough, and yeah, yeah. If they don't experience it, they won't know. Like they, because it's not like sixty frames is lag. Yeah, it's not. Um, yeah. So, sort of getting out of this because I've been backed into a corner here. But um, <laughs> OnePlus is all the rumors are leading leaning towards OnePlus doing the same thing, but also adding a form of motion smoothing. Didn't they, didn't they basically confirm? Like, they confirmed they've it. Confirmed it that they've confirmed right? both yeah. the 120 hertz display and the motion smoothing. That happened today. I'm not about that motion smoothing life. Like I've seen motion smooth TVs and like it's not, it looks horrible. Every TV has it. Yeah. Like I literally go into people's houses and I'm like, can I, can I, can I just <laughs> do something? People are like, whoa, what, that's My parents amazing. Yeah, like, have it on their TV in the basement. And every time I'm there, I turn it off. My dad turns it back on because he thinks it looks better. It's that's like, crazy. He's wrong. He's fundamentally wrong. Um, but yeah, so OnePlus is adding motion smoothing. Do you think Samsung will have to do the same thing or will want to do the same thing? I don't know. I don't think they... There's been no leaks pointing there. Yeah, there's there. nothing, okay. no leaks pointing there, yeah. I guess they're, yeah, okay. What I've really liked, uh, which is a little like out of the t- out of topic, is like like touch the touch sample sample rates. Like on the... Oh, OnePlus is boosting those too. Okay, that's, yeah, it's good. Yeah. So the ROG phone has it. It's at 120. No, it's at 240. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the iPhone has it at 120. Mm-hmm. And it just makes everything feel like, look, like as soon as you touch it, like your phone's just reacting super quickly. Yeah, that was actually something I was quite interested in trying. I'm excited for the OnePlus phone to come out yeah. for that reason. So bringing this back to kind of a Canadian perspective, like do we expect all of these phones to launch in Canada? For me, that's one of the big things. Like is the Ultra gonna come here so the ultra is supposed to come in only 5g um there's not supposed to be a 4g version but as john was talking to us about it the other day where the 865 doesn't have a modem inside of it like inside that processor and that's the version of the phone we'll get in canada and if it since it doesn't have that modem it will have to use the x55 modem and that has 5g and 4g and this is all qualcomm hardware this is all qualcomm hardware so it's like knowing that it should be 5G ready for us. So would it, if it, I wouldn't be surprised if Samsung Samsung brought it here and, and was like the first 5G phone in Canada because like the networks are starting to roll out. Right, Rogers announced that yesterday. Yeah, sort so of. Did Bell. They're they're not publicly available though. Like it's yeah. closed. But it's not even. It's happening this year. I don't know if they'll be publicly available this year. I think they'll be tests, like closed tests. For the whole year, you think? It, I, I don't know. It's so got to be faster. Some places have been testing 5G in yeah. the country, but um, I don't know if everyone will get it. Or Everyone's so not going to get it. Yeah, there's so many. No, uh, definitely not. But if, I, it, if it is publicly available this, this year, it'll be in large cities, mm-hmm. in the very, very specific areas of large cities. But that's a marketing tactic for Bell Rogers, Telus, and Samsung to be like, this is the first 5G phone in Canada. 5G networks are here. 5G phone is here. Everyone's going to want to market but that. But in theory, every single... Even though it's not useful to anyone. but Every single smartphone with an 865 processor... Yeah, that's what John was saying. ...will be 5G ready. Because it will need... Because it doesn't have a modem itself. It doesn't have 4G, 5G mm-hmm. itself. It will need a, the X55 modem. Will it need the X55? Or can they... And can manufacturers buy an older modem that's just going to do 4G and 3G? It's a good question. I actually don't know. I think at some point it might make sense to bring um, a combo of Aisha and John on to kind of break down the current status of mm-hmm. 5G and For what sure. devices are going to be capable Yeah, there's of. probably a rabbit hole that this trio should not go down with Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. We are, not, we are not the 5G spectrum boys of uh, the podcast. The bad boy. 5G is cool though. It's all yeah, it's cool. It's, it's exciting. <laughs> yeah. 5G. There's one more G than 4G. Yeah, I saw it. I saw it at MWC last year. Like there was, uh, I think it was Ericsson had his. Uh, it's like whole 5G section, 
and mm-hmm. like seeing the examples of it, its use cases were pretty cool, but none of them had to do with phones. So it's yeah, cool. Like, yeah. All right. So moving on from the world of Samsung and the S20 and the news of the week, Brad was at CES last week. It was his first time at the show. I've only been at CES one other time, and that was the year prior, um, which always surprises people because I've been doing this for a while, but I've somehow managed to avoid going to CES. I found the show incredibly overwhelming to cover, despite the fact that every single person told me that that would be the case. Yeah. Um, covered a lot of trade shows in my day, but CES was a completely different beast. It was much bigger. Um, it, there's so many people there. It was very spread out. I got lost probably. It's so spread out. A hundred times. Um, spent most of my like four days there lost. So Brad, just give us kind of a bit of an overview of what your like initial impressions and experience at the show was being someone who just went there for the very first time. All right. Yeah. So, I mean, I've been following tech for a while. I was in high school, always a fan. CS would happen. I'd be watching everyone's coverage. I loved it. Always wanted to go. Very excited. Dream come true. Finally get invited. Go out there. I'm excited. People just keep telling me how scary it is over and over (laughs) again. Just beating that into me. Don't, you know, so I'm trying to take it easy, trying to be relaxed. But yeah, get there. It's like spread all over Vegas in like multiple convention centers. Each convention center is bigger than any building I've ever been in in my life. Like, did you, <laughs> did, you, did you walk to a lot of different places? No, man, you can't. So I tried. What? My first day, I walked everywhere and I took the, um, like the train system oh, to this, go to like the, the monorail, the monorail to yeah. go to different casinos and stuff. And it was just, so you can't do it. You have to take Uber or so generally, or whatever. My move that I, I started doing was I would Uber to a place and take the bus back. Oh, because I'd idea. be Ubering there because I had things to get to on time, yeah, yeah, like yeah. meetings and, Makes and sense. things that I had scheduled. And then when I didn't have to schedule, I could take the bus because it was free. Okay. Um, there was like free transit and there was like at every center. So there's probably like, I want to say like 10 different casinos involved and like convention centers slash casinos. If not involved. more, there's yeah. stuff that goes on behind closed doors. That's and true. Hotels and like it, um, it's, but, it, it's fascinating because like CES, I've covered it for years remotely mm-hmm. it's not the show that it was 10 years ago but in many ways it still is like it's still this massive thing there's just I, an I, emphasis I on other products that we have the entire team like i wish there was like <laughs> five, at least four people there because it's like you just need people like strategically placed in, in different, different places, spaces yeah. so that's like okay you can cover this like corner and you cover that corner you cover that corner you cover that corner because like getting from one side to the other just takes so much time and then you like get into this building and you're like okay I got here. It took a lot of time. Where do I go now? Now where do I go? Yeah, exactly. There's like three floors. Every floor is just packed with vendors. Sometimes it's in like random ballrooms. Like there was like this one plus concept phone thing, right? So that that was like, I don't know, 15 minute Uber ride over to get there. And then I get there and they're like, okay, here's a map. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and I'm looking at this map and I feel like a, a, a pirate looking for buried treasure. Like I have no idea what this map means. It's highly like artistic and stylized for some strange reason. <laughs> <laughs> like, and I'm just like trying to follow and like I'm asking people like, you know where this is? Like, do you know where this is? Like, yeah, go down there. And I was like, oh, just go around the corner. And then you go around the corner and like this massive hallway, <laughs> like the biggest hallway you've ever seen. And it just keeps going and going and going. And you're like walking through like Facebook zone and like Qualcomm zone. And like, you're just like, where is one plus? And all of a sudden there's like a buffet of food in the middle of the hallway. You're like, okay, this is handy actually. And then you just like eat a sandwich <laughs> and you continue on your way because you need the food to sustain you. And it yeah, is, yeah, you it's eat great. food when it's around to stay alive. Absolutely. Like I'm like taking like Coke and just like, like bottles of Coke and like shoving it in my <laughs> shoving it in my backpack because I'm like I don't know when the next time I'm gonna find one of these tables is again. But they're 
I mean, for for us, like for the type of content that mobile serve covers, there's not that much at the show for us anymore. There's not a lot of phone announcements in the same way that there there mm-hmm. used to be. Canadians are sparse as well. Yeah, I think there was only one phone announcement. Yeah, pretty much. But like we're talking five years ago, it was the phone event next to MWC, right? Mm-hmm. Um, from like afar, to me, it seems like CES has transformed very much into like an automotive show. Would you say that that's accurate? I don't know if I would go full automotive. I mean, there's still tons of like wacky tech and tons of like smart home slash like lifestyle tech. Like those like weird gadgets that you see, but you never really buy are always there. (laughs) But we write about because we think they're funny. Mm -hmm. Um, So like those things are there. So what what were some of the cool things that you saw? So I like the Charmin robot. I mean, I wrote about that. This is my probably my favorite thing. It's like absolutely useless, but like I'm still I'm actually coming around. I'm thinking maybe someone else controls it. It's like I'm in the bathroom at Pat's house, and I'm like, Pat, I'm out of toilet paper. He's like, Well, I don't want to come in and be impolite. I'll send my robot in to give you the toilet oh. paper. But then the robot can't open the door, right? Well, we just leave it ajar, and he, maybe you hit it with enough speed. Because that's polite. <laughs> like you just you just <laughs> slamming a robot into the door, and that is the future of politeness. So wait, I didn't read your article. It's just just a robot who brings toilet paper. Yeah, it is like a little two-wheeled robot. It's about this tall. Looks like a hexagon with wheels and okay. a face. Okay. And a toilet paper sits on his head like a like a <laughs> like a like a shea fez, like the hat, but it's like toilet paper with like a little tail blowing in the. It was really really hilarious. Okay, that's cool. Um, is this the thing that people will actually be able to buy, or was it one of those? CES I think it's just a concept thing. Concepts, okay. yeah. There's a lot, of which was like there. a lot of work. Yeah, I mean. Every like second thing kind of is. There was this hat I saw with like lasers on the inside for like hair regrowth. I don't know That's how well sick. that worked. Um, micro LEDs were a big thing at the show, which if anyone knows me, I'm really, I like TVs and TV technology. So that should help LED t- TVs uh, catch up with OLEDs in terms of black levels and contrast, which is I think really exciting and hopefully will transform into LED or transform into really high quality TVs being cheaper. In terms of OLEDs competing and LEDs just being cheaper by by rule of thumb, we'll see if that happens because a new technology generally means more cost. But you know, in a few years, that could level out. Um, yeah, and lots of car stuff. I, I went there for the Toyota Woven City, which isn't necessarily a Canadian thing exactly, but it's a pretty cool, very sidewalks labs esque smart city so what idea. Was that? It's basically Toyota being... So, in Japan, Toyota actually builds houses, like modular homes. What? Oh, what? Yeah. So, it might not be just Japan either. Like, I'm not sure exactly. Like trailers? No, like like cookie-cutter homes. Okay. Like suburb-style okay. yeah, homes, yeah. but smaller, I think. But, yes, yeah, so they build houses. They already have this huge arm of the company that's part of home development. Um, and then they partnered with this, like... I can't even, I don't even want to try and pronounce his name because I vaguely remember it. I know I'll pronounce it incorrectly because <laughs> it was Danish. Um, this Danish architect firm, really popular. They're doing a thing outside of our office right now in King Street. They're, that architecture firm is building that giant, like weird building thing that's not being, it's just starting construction, but it's, it, they have pictures of it. It's going to be like this weird jungle looking building thing. And they build like towers in Vancouver. But they've designed this really unique city with this like three path design. So instead of every block being roads, buildings, roads, buildings, roads, buildings, it'll be uh, walking path buildings, walking path slash biking path buildings, road buildings. That sounds kind of cool. So it's more for and entirely based upon like autonomous vehicles and those types of things. Do they talk about privacy and stuff like that at all? No, it's really sidewalk labs concern. Yeah, exactly. So a lot of the people were asking those questions because of the sidewalks labs concerns, I think. Um, But they're just too early. But they they mentioned like they know that those are things people are looking into and they're 
one of their plans is obviously to try to come up with okay. some sort of like idea that's that's manageable and, and a- appealing to people that one of the things that they talked about was really transparent um guideline or terms of services i guess so you should sign up and blah 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 you know exactly what you're signing up for and you can opt out of things like you will opt okay, out of this so you pick and choose what you what data you want to share on a on a case guy case by case basis it's not like you share everything or you don't it's you can share a little bit or not okay so we'll see where that goes what um, about uh canadian specific companies yeah canadian so canadian there was nanoleaf as always a big canadian company Does I guess. The smart light company yeah right? they make smart lights they're kind of like these tiles that go on the wall there's like hexagons and triangles and squares and so they light up I'm not a big fan of their products. I've had the light panels for a couple of years now, the triangular ones. Mm-hmm. And I always find that like they lose connection to my internet all the time. They don't work that well with Google Home mm-hmm. or Alexa. And just generally like they're some of the most unreliable smart lights that I've ever used which is really sad because I, I heard that you tell me that before and i was like i really wanted like them. they're cool they look, they look so cool they, they had them in their office at one point to, yeah take yeah. the to take the fight from nanoleaf's side just because i feel like somebody should at this point sure. uh, <laughs> the, you know the triangle ones are like their oldest product yes. so yeah. the hexagon ones are brand new well, and they, the square ones are relatively they had new. smart lights before introducing wondersuite from bluehost.com website creation is hard But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. For the light panels... Okay, but I I've never used them, so I can't speak to how well they work. The only thing that I've ever used was their triangle, the triangle light panels. Yeah. So they could be better. I mean, there's no taking that away. They're really popular. People love them, so you have to assume so that they pretty. work. They are pretty. When I when I drive home, um, I can sometimes see them in like people's people, condos yeah, from the gardener. Like I <laughs> really? see probably like four or five of them. So these are people yeah. that like aren't us that just get this stuff sent to them. Like someone went out and dropped like. I don't know, they're like over two hundred dollars for a starter kit. Are they um, that expensive? They're quite expensive. Dang. I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up. Well, Bennett uh, defends Nano Leafs honor. I'm not gonna defend their honor because I don't know. I mean, I'd like to review the product, I guess, and see, but I don't have a huge use case for it because it really is just eye candy for your wall. Although it is very cool they're looking. Cool. I hear very they're, cool. They're really hard to remove. Oh yeah, I don't know about that. I moved <laughs> recently and I took them off my wall, and they took my wall with me. Yeah, okay. like we couldn't with we, them. We couldn't take them from the old office. Yeah, they're uh, still there. Yeah. They're still there. <laughs> um, but the other thing that Nanoleaf is doing beyond the panels, which I think is really cool, the panels. One thing, yes, it's very cool. But this other thing, very useful. So the one thing that the CEO is telling me is, smart lights aren't really smart. They connect to the internet, but they're not smart. So the idea is to use a combination of smart switches that connect to regular lights and or smart lights as we traditionally know them and motion sensors and other sensors around your home so that the lights can then like track you as you're moving around your home so if you get up in the middle of the night it knows that you're getting up in the middle of the night and you often get up in the middle of the night and you walk this one path to the bathroom because why else do you get up in the middle of the night like that really interests me like i think that's a really neat innovative idea and the more you use it the more it learns the path that you walk through your house and so as you're walking it's turning on your bedroom light if it's a smart light i believe it turns it on dim 
turns on the hallway light dim if it's a smart light. And it turns on the bathroom light. And then like, as you leave, it turns those lights off behind you. You don't have to touch them. You don't have to interact. They just talk to Alexa. You don't yeah. have to open up your phone. You have to get some sort of some sort of switch thing to stick to the wall. You just they just work. And I don't know how well it's going to work because it's a really ambitious project. But it's I want it so bad. Like you need that's like a, smart lights of the future. You need a lot of like uh, sensors. sensors that like know where you are. Like uh, mm-hmm. I forgot what they're called. Motion sensors. Motion. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Because um, smart lights like they're not really smart per se no you they're know not what i mean like yeah. they're just lights connected to the internet and you can talk and, mo- to them. and you can talk to them but they're not like they're not reactive in exactly. the same way mm-hmm. that you would sometimes consider like the word smart like it's cool when i walk in my front door and i go alexa turn on the lights and the lights or turn on living room lights 100 percent because for some reason i have to say the 100 percent keyword and they only come on very dim i don't you, know why you can change the base setting i have it set high well, you're just screwed. Then. I know that. I, it's a, it's a sad life that I live, and that's how I live it. But if I didn't have to say anything, and I just opened the door, and the lights like, and they came on, that'd be cool. Like people think it's cool when you walk in, and you're like, Alexa, turn the lights. We're like, oh, that's interesting. Maybe I should try that. You're like, yeah, it's pretty fun actually. But you know, the more you get used to it, you, you figure out that switches were a pretty good technology, <laughs> um, and they worked really well and really consistently. And there's a lot to be said for that. But if this comes in and you just the lights are just coming on as you walk into rooms that'd be so like, oh man so that's cool. that's the yeah. future for sure um so that was my favorite probably my favorite thing from the show beyond the robot was like the hope that that gave me <laughs> so I, I know i was mentioning before that i was looking up the cost of the smart lights so the nano leafs like triangle pack of nine panels is 249 that's the starter kit mm-hmm. then there's a smaller one that's 119 and this is just the triangle ones um the canvas like the newer square ones they that have I have like touch controls and yeah stuff. that have touch controls and i think are way cooler they're they look a, cool too they're a little bit more expensive the 299 for nine squares dang um and if you want their feature design kit how many squares? It's called the Devious Brain Genie. Costs six hundred twenty-nine. <laughs> how many? What? How many squares? Um, let me let me click buy now and see. It doesn't tell you how many are in it. Yeah, it's because too too much. Okay, one okay. thing I think that you want with these is you want a lot of squares because yeah, like definitely. you want to have some really awesome intricate pattern. Uh, so there's a one part of the package that has nine squares and a, another part that has sixteen. So you're getting a lot. Okay, so that's but a, that's a, a lot of chunk. money. Yeah, yeah. six hundred fifty bucks. Yeah, yeah, for that kit, and then uh, I think there's a smaller one as well. Um, it's like five nineteen or something like that. I think like, and also building off what you were saying before, like I've had smart lights for quite a while now. I was a pretty early adopter with them. Mm-hmm. Um, when I lived in a condo, I had them everywhere. Now that I live in a house, I I don't have them everywhere, but I have them in very specific places where it makes sense. So in my office, I have a lamp in there that has a smart light bulb in there. I have both of my bedside like lamps. They have smart lights. Um, there's a light in the basement that has one because I want to be able to dim it. Um, mm-hmm. And then I think there's two lamps in the living room that have them as well. Because I found that like yeah, switches are surprisingly pretty efficient. Like, yeah, it's like you get smart lights and you're like, this is the future. I've made it. I'm going to control everything from my phone. And then you just realize that pulling your phone out of your pocket, yeah. opening an app, and like turning lights on and off is annoying but these so like you guys gave me smart lights probably earlier this week like yeah those, and i haven't set them up yet because set I'm them like, up but they're like cool these switches <laughs> but you can still use the switches with smart lights right yeah i know 100 yeah. and, yeah. and when pets are too the dimmability and is really fun the yeah, color yeah. changing is something i rarely no, never I never use do. although not to set the mood or anything 
I just dim to set the mood. Okay, you know, okay. I'm a simple guy. I light yeah. a candle and I dim. Did you create like <laughs> a like a, a voice command, like a, a series of actions where you just say set the mood and it changes them? No, I just say like turn on night light and it, it, the there's like white Christmas lights connected to a smart plug that click. I set up um that's what I've got. like a smart a Waymo smart plug behind my TV mm-hmm. and I named it the Mood Maker. Yeah. So then I say turn on the mood maker and it turns it on. You know what's a better it's technology amazing. than smart lights? Smart plugs. Smart plugs are actually awesome. <laughs> smart plugs are safe. I uh, like so our Christmas tree, Alex and I Christmas tree was connected to a smart plug and now the Christmas tree's gone, so the smart plug is here and I was like, Alex, do you want to put this to your diffuser? And she is like so excited <laughs> that she can turn her yeah. diffuser on and off with her voice. And I kind of think it's cooler too. Like the smart plugs adding this functionality to quote unquote dumb things is better than smart lights well, for me like th- that's what i was saying before where like i found that using smart lights with these lamps that i would otherwise have to like lean over and turn like an awkward switch in an awkward place mm-hmm. i find that i'm actually using the lamps now yeah um, that's fair and like if you're in bed and you want to turn off the lamp it's kind of nice not to have to like roll over and press a button or something mm-hmm. so like I-, I think there's a place for these smart home things but you kind of have to pick and choose like making everything smart actually makes your life more complicated in a way I have nothing smart. The timers on them are kind of cool. I have it so the timers all start to dim at like 10 or 10.30, I believe. So it's like kind of like a subtle go to bed or you're going to be very tired tomorrow. So I bought a dehydrator so I can dehydrate dehydrate apples. I ate some of your apples that you made yeah good. Um, none of those found them, themselves my way what happened there you i think you weren't here all right i made more though we'll move Anyways, faster. Um, yeah. <laughs> but i feel like if i because like that dehydrator will go on all night again like because it takes like probably six hours to dehydrate apples but like like if i sleep for 10 hours which i never do but if i did um it would just stay on for the whole 10 hours so yeah. if i had like a timer like a That's smart cool. plug with a timer that would have been like that would be cool mm-hmm. so moving on from the world of smart stuff was was there like anything else canadian that you saw at the show uh so there's other one there were two things i'll go through them very quickly there's one called tap lock um and they're basically padlocks big and small a big one for outdoors um and a small one for indoors and, you know multiple people can and they have fingerprint sensors in them so multiple people can put their fingerprints in and unlock things with their through an app is that where you like add the fingerprint or is no, it like I all think, on Oh, uh, there is an app, so I'm not sure if you add the fingerprint through the app or if you add it on the lock. I haven't okay. set one up yet, but um, they feel nice. They seem good. I mean, you can have the small one can hold 100 fingerprints. So if you were like a business and you wanted oh, to lock cool. a closet, you could use that. The big one just 500. The big one works up to like minus 20, 25. 500 so. fingerprints? Yeah, which seems crazy, but I guess if you have the size to put that much storage so in there, your you might large, as well. your large restaurant enterprise? Mm-hmm. Or even like this building. What if we had smart locks? That would have worked great. Yeah, someone would just like it's downtown Toronto. Some guy would just come with like bolt cutters <laughs> and cut it, come in, and steal all our stuff. Yeah, uh-huh. That's true. what would happen. That's true. Um, but yeah, so those are pretty cool. That's a Canadian company called Taplock, Toronto-based, just like Nanoleaf as well. Yep, I actually did a story like five years ago, roughly when I first started Mobile Syrup about Taplock, where they um, they were just launching mm-hmm. on I think Kickstarter, Indiegogo, so long ago I can't remember, but it seemed really cool. But it was one of those products that I was like. This is great. I believe you guys that you you believe in this vision, but I don't think this product's ever going to come to fruition. So it's cool yeah, that they are. That, and that, 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 that like it happened. They figured it out. They this did is it. many models down. Like they've had many models leading up to where they are now, and like the waterproof locks that work outside, and the smaller ones for like the gym. So did they release those publicly, or were they like in like internal testing things? I think they had public ones before the okay. two that I uh, wrote about. 
cool. the two that they're currently selling. Yeah, so Taplock one. There was another one called Mylar. I didn't get a lot of information from Mylar. So if anyone involved with Mylar <laughs> is listening, reach out. Basically, I talked to somebody on the show floor. They were like, I can tell you that we're putting out underwear with a little chip in it. And you can take the chip out and you can wash it. And the chip measures your like heart rate and your steps. And it's basically fitness tracking. But instead of a watch, it's in your underwear. I couldn't really, really like tell that. me anything else. Yeah, I guess so. But I don't know how much more I want to pay for underwear so it can tell me how many steps I take no. in a day. But like it's, I, I don't know. Like I go to the gym quite frequently. Uh, and yeah, okay. I don't really like smartwatches. Like I, like I like them. But then after like two months, I'm like, Ugh, I'm over this. Yeah. Um, how are you not going to be over smart underwear? Yeah. Because it's just underwear. So you either, you have to have that pair <laughs> clean every time you go to the gym. You yeah. need to have the chip thing charged every time you're ready no, to go I to the just, gym. No, I would just wear it. Consistently. Even if it, even if it wasn't <laughs> you're clean. You're still going to have to charge it. It's you're like a month and you're still wearing the, the same pair of smart underwear. Yeah. 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 So I don't know. Okay. I'm not, I didn't go super in-depth on the Mylar thing because they didn't have a lot to tell me. But it seems like they're trying to make, they had like demos of like smart jackets for like construction people with lights in the back then lights were flashing oh, so you could see them at night cool. instead of just being reflective the reflective stuff was still there and then other things along those lines just smart clothing um but the only thing that's coming to market in the first quarter of 2020 is the smart underwear for men and women hey. um that's and that's that so i want i want a feature alarm. on my desk about this smart underwear company by next week okay yeah i'll try to get a pair and I, <laughs> honestly maybe we should reach out it might i want be i want you to no, write I think it we definitely should we I can want, do a mini review we were talking about doing more of those you should yeah. write it print it out and then put it on my desk that'd be great i will yeah you could you can underline with a red pen and you yeah. can stamp it i'll use the, the highlighter too yeah nice so may i ask a question um, you may so I'm a phone guy, and the one of the biggest phone announcements from a CES was the Concept One. The uh, Concept One Plus? The One Plus Concept One. Yeah, the yeah. One Plus Concept One. Yeah. And I looked at it and was like, this is dumb. My immediate thought was, yeah, I argued with them about why it would for anyone a while. care about this? Why was this such a big deal? Just launch this. I did, this wasn't a huge concept. We've seen, like, we had, there was foldable laptops. Those were cool. This was just like Cameron's, Cameron's hide. And that was it. It's because yeah. Dean doesn't care about uh, rear cameras. He only cares about front-facing cameras so he can take pictures of himself. The, van- the vanity. If, if this was on the front, <laughs> he would be like, this is sick. This is great. This is what no, I've been waiting for. If Hide you think it. about it, if it was on the front, though, it makes so much sense because people were trying to get rid of the, the notch and the, yeah. the hole punch. So if a but you can't get rid of it through tintable but glass. But it's not, yeah, it's it's not just, the same. No, it's kind of interesting. interesting. It wouldn't work. But I'm saying like that would be that, like hiding the front-facing camera makes sense. To so me. here's what I wish it was instead of what it actually was. Yes, partnering with uh, McLaren is cool. McLaren's yeah. a cool brand. And they took this technology from a McLaren, right? The McLaren a sunroof. sunroof that yeah, I heard about that, yeah. So that's cool. That makes sense. McLaren leather feels nice in your hand. But scrap it. <laughs> scrap the leather. Make the tintable glass the entire back. That way, when you want to unveil the camera, the entire back shows you the inside of the phone. Oh. Like the see-through Game Boy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But but like so here's I'm holding for anyone who's listening, I'm holding my phone out, I'm putting it face down on the table. It's a visual medium. We're podcast. imagining this phone all one plain black sheet. You can't see anything on the back. It's just a black sheet. That looks pretty cool. You don't know if it's the front, you don't know if it's the back. 
Okay. And you then the camera, me. the camera unveils, and you get to see the cameras and everything else underneath. Maybe a OnePlus logo comes out when I the bet. cameras unveil. No, I, I bet. love that. Isn't One that, doesn't that is listening so much to you. cooler? OnePlus yeah. is listening right now. They, Weren't they we know. saying bad things about them earlier? I think so. No. The, yeah, the motion smoothing. Oh, forget about that <laughs> <Okay>. OnePlus. <laughs> Just listen to this idea. Actually, listen to both ideas. Motion smoothing is a bad idea. Get rid of that yeah. one as well. Yeah. No, but yeah, that would be so cool. Like to so, me, to me, just those cameras disappearing and reappearing were kind of like boring. Yeah. And not necessary. And no one, I don't think, really cares. Like it's it won't change your life at all. It's kind of unique that both cameras on that phone are hidden. So it's a OnePlus Seven Pro. Yeah. So the front-facing camera pops up and and then pops down to hide, and then the the rear camera tints and untints to hide. I thought that was kind of like this phone has no cameras until you Swiss Army knife it and all of them come out. But it's kind of cool. Yeah. yeah, but it's not perfect. No, but if they came of your idea, the whole back, like I think that would be. Yeah. That's a concept phone. That yeah. phone would just yeah. break. <laughs> yeah, probably. It would straight up just break. <laughs> you would smash the glass in the front, and then it the would back. stop working. Yeah, yeah. But I, I love the idea. It's yeah. a cool concept. Mm-hmm. I think it, it just could have been done. Maybe I'm just gonna pat myself in the back here and say more eloquently, eloquently, okay. elegantly, even. <laughs> okay, I think that's a wrap on CES. Unless there's anything else we want to briefly mention. Giant hallways. Giant hallways. Big hallways. Okay. Crazy. TCL Last thing I have to say. Came out with phones. TCL came out with phones. A bunch of mid-range phones. They're like high mid range. Okay. Uh, one of them had five G. Like, and I. They are coming to Canada. They are coming to Canada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We confirmed. Oh, it. I think I have pictures of them. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Oh, that's uh, great. <laughs> I didn't think they were coming to Canada. I just like saw the phones. I was like, okay, I took a picture. And like, I thought when no, you said take pictures of TLC phones, I thought you meant the foldables. TLC. Oh, TLC. Yeah. Yeah. A different type of phone. TCL. Um, and I couldn't find the foldables, so I just took pictures of those. And Yo, I like, yeah, those got onto my next those meeting. Those coming to Canada in the next. Okay, we can look for those in the next like there. six months. Um, That's really exciting. Q, Q2, um, and they look like they looked pretty nice. They for did their, look nice. Their first shot at mm-hmm. like by themselves as phone. Well. They own the Alcatel and the BlackBerry brand, but yep. this was pretty cool, and I was pretty kind of excited. Yeah, I, I think we need more competition here in phone wise. So, oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, All right. cool. So this brings us to our last segment of the podcast. So this is what we're playing this week. We all play video games. Our like shout out section of the pod always devolved into like what game we're playing. So now we're making it official. Who wants to start this off? I'll start and maybe that'll force me to keep it brief. But I have been on the biggest Stardew Valley train lately. And I played it very briefly when it first launched on PC years ago. Never really got hooked because it was on my PC and I couldn't carry that that bad boy with me. Two bad boys in one place doesn't make any sense. And so I had to get it on Switch when it came to Switch, and now I've just been playing constantly. I've just reached year two. I've been playing like every day in the morning when I'm laying in bed at night, and I'm in love. I know it's an old game, but I don't know if I'll ever stop. So I played it on PC when it first came out because I was super hyped for it. I was a big fan of Harvest Moon. This is like a reimagining of the Harvest Moon franchise. Mm -hmm. Um, Probably made it into like almost year three, probably halfway through year two, maybe a little more. just dropped off, stopped playing it. And then when it came out on the Switch, picked it up, played like a month and just it didn't hook me. But you inspired me to get back into it. Played it a ton over the holidays. And now um, I have a bit of a longer commute into work. So it's slowly becoming my morning game. I get through like a few days of Stardew Valley 
I'm happy feed, that you feed my chickens. I'm happy that you're playing because it's one of those games where there's not really a lot of competitive aspects. No. So a lot of the fun comes from like coming to work, being like, "Hey, look at my farm! I, I, got added, I added these new plots, and look, I got a new cow, and his name is Coco." And like, <laughs> for the first like, half hour of their day, these guys don't work at all. We <laughs> work. <laughs> I'm, gonna sh- I'm gonna show you my farm after the podcast. Yeah, it's, I want to see it. meticulously organized. Mine is not. I'm I'm in the process of a reorganization, but I have so many trees. I gotta move my buildings, hey. but I gotta get rid of all these trees. Your farm gives me anxiety. I like it. I'm working on it. It's going to be clean. But yeah, I also, I'm also the river farm for anyone who, who knows what that is. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> what are you playing, Dean? I'm playing Magic Spellsingers. It's a phone game. It is early access. It is from Wizards of the Coast. Um, so it's like a Magic the Gathering game. Oh, that's cool. And I love it so much. It's a simple version of Magic. So really anyone can get into it. And it doesn't have as many rules or it doesn't have as many like the cards. There aren't as many cards or as many like abilities on the cards so it's pretty simple and i love it and i'm i've played it a lot uh and that's pretty much it yeah you can play the same card some have they have some of the same cards with like different abilities to make it simple more simple and you only have 30 life instead of do you, do you, oh, I don't remember how you know your life depends on who you play. There's, there's rules, there's, so there's different characters, like different classes. Yeah, there's different characters. Uh, uh, they are called planeswalkers, like the planeswalkers are from Magic the Gather, and they're usually cards that can do really cool things in the game. But in like the actual card game, in this game, planeswalkers have their own abilities, and some can like, like, like add more damage or add more like offensive powers to your cards, some of them can give like give you more life. I'm enjoying it. I've been playing a lot. I like now when you like when you play games like this, you gain chests like each week if you do about a certain amount of challenges. And I'm on mythic for the chest challenges, and it went from like bronze, silver, gold, platinum, diamond, and now I'm on mythic. So I've been playing it a lot. So you're going pro? Yeah. Yeah, it's my goal. Uh, there's actually wow. like a like a league mythic. Oh yeah, I'm at the top. There he is. Yeah, he <laughs> yeah, is. Yeah, I didn't know that. That's yeah. terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> So I um, recently picked up Apex again, um, Apex Legends. I played it a ton when it first came out. I always describe it as like the battle royale game for old people like myself that grew up playing Halo, a first-person shooter that's a little bit slower, um, maybe gives you a bit more time to think, has very specific mechanics in terms of how the shooting works. Uh, a lot's changed in that game. There's a whole new map. Um, I sometimes play with Brad uh, and, and Douglas, who used to be on the Serbcast many years ago all the time. Um, and they're always calling out different locations in that map, and I have no idea what they're talking about because I'm like a noob to this game again, even though I played it a disgusting amount when it no, first came I out. I feel you. I had a moment when we were playing the other day, and Douglas was just like, everyone head over to Mirage, or he said something, Mirage Voyage, and I was like, is that a catchphrase? Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. And I like looked at the map, I was like, I can't remember all these places, remember all these places, remember all these places, and I'm, just, I'm trying so better. It's so funny. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 like, I played a game, that, like, game a lot, too. I have like on PlayStation over 100 hours on it and uh, which is insane yeah <laughs> and I played it on Xbox too and I have no clue like anything about that game anymore it's changed a lot there's a whole new map there's yeah. like new weapons the balancing and the meta of the game has changed yeah. I've like we've played a couple nights this week and like once or twice last week or something so maybe you played on Tuesday yeah Tuesday yeah so I, I've kind of picked it up again and I'm trying to understand it a little more um, but I think I still have a, a ways to go yeah, yeah, it's still fun. And I mean, for like a free game, it's crazy, you know? It's like, so good. I would gladly pay like 90 bucks or whatever games cost now for that game. 
$90.39, wow. including tax. Thank you, Dean. That is, you know the exact You words. have that. It's incredible. <laughs> um, and then the, the only other game that I've been playing, to bring it back to mobile. Um, two games? Yeah, two games. What? Two games. That's cheating. Yeah, that's uh, cheating. I, I made up the segment. I can, oh. I can change it. Wow. <laughs> Um, is Skate City. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I started playing it. Is it um, a figure skating game? Yeah, it's, it's great. I, I would love a figure skating game. It would be pretty cool. Yeah, I love figure skating. Do triple axles? Yeah. Do some uh I want like the behind art. the scenes drama. Exactly, like draw, yeah, I was just yeah. going to say that. I almost started like like ghetto girl clapping and I decided not to. Wow. Well. Yeah. <laughs> so Skate City is like Tony Hawk, but 2D. It's on mobile. You need to subscribe to Apple Arcade to be able to play it. Great game made by a developer that has ties to Toronto. Some members of the team are there, uh, Snowman, um, but also a Norwegian developer as well as kind of like a joint project. Um, so if you're looking to like fill that Tony Hawk's Pro Skater itch, that's that's the game that you've uh, you've been seeking for sure. Just before we head away from Tony Hawk Pro Skater, and we're still talking about gaming, um, there was a feature on Polygon the other day about the guy who used to run like THQ Nordic or whatever he used to do Tony Hawk Pro Skater. I don't know if THQ Nordic is it, or I'm just pulling that name out of nowhere. But he's essentially this <laughs> it was like NeverSoft used to make. Maybe it was never. Yeah, it was NeverSoft. It was NeverSoft. So essentially, he's just like now this crazy redneck that lives like out in the middle of Montana, and oh, like that's awesome. he just crushes pints every day <laughs> and like water skis. You have to send this to me. That sounds it's great. It's super long. I didn't read it all, but like the journalist goes along with them for two days. It's like him and his son and his wife, and every day they start it by driving up to a secret lake and water skiing. That's awesome. And that's like, that's how they start their day. It's I'm, like, I'm glad he's living his best life. He's absolutely living his best life. Like he is just made Tony Hawk pro skater. And like, I think he's part of the garage or not garage band rock band or guitar hero or something like that. Yeah. Never soft also made uh, guitar hero. Yeah. So, so he, he did well. Um, and now he's just, yeah, he's out. He just left it and he just like is living this like amazing life that's in a sick. small town of like 4,000 people and just water skiing. It's amazing. It was a crazy story. We'll have one, to check it out. One last quick game thing. I've been watching videos of this game called Temtem. I sent it to Brad. It's like Pokemon, oh, but yeah, I haven't MMO, watched it yet. and we shall all look into this right after this podcast. That sounds bad. No, it looks great. Okay, send me a video. Yeah. All right, I'll look into it as well. So that's it. Thanks for listening to the Syrupcast. Be sure to drop us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps us in terms of rankings uh, of the show. And as you've noticed, we're trying to change things up a little bit. Send us some ideas. Send us some suggestions. Did you like these segments? Did you like that we're being honest at the end of the podcast and just riffing about games for a solid 10 minutes instead of pretending that the topic was something else? <laughs> um, hit us up on Twitter and let us know what you think of the refresh direction of the pod. You'll hear new music. Did you like the new tunes? Does, does Brad's taste in tracks suck? Should we change that up next time? Can let you us send know. us a track? Yeah, that'd be sick. If yeah, someone made, made, us, yeah, made one, I'd love that. It's probably not going to happen, no. but, but well, if it did, we would consider featuring it in the podcast. We're just a bunch of dreamers. Consider it. Dreamers. We would do it. If someone did the work in doing it, we got it. Like, at least what, do it once. What if it's horrible, though? Go do it at least once. Okay. Yeah. Art is all interpretation. Yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah. Sure. Fair. Okay. So you can find me on Twitter at, at Patrick underscore O'Rourke and, of course, on mobilesyrup.com. Brad, where can people find you? Uh, pretty much everywhere at the Brad Fad. And Dean, where can everyone you find can you? You can find me at the Daily Dean. And as always, our content is on mobilesyrup.com. And you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at, at mobilesyrup. Thanks for listening.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 